You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today, I got to talk with Jeff Kaplan. You've probably heard his name before. He's the game director at Overwatch, and he's that guy that you see doing all of those developer updates videos on Overwatch if you play the game. You've probably seen him on all of those videos, and I was so happy to be able to talk to him. He was such an amazing person to talk to and he had so many great stories and just great perspectives and you know video gaming is a job that a lot of people want to have. It's like a rising industry and it's something that a lot of people, um, teenagers especially, want to get into because we grew up playing them and we want to grow up making them too. So that's why Jeff Kaplan was so amazing to be able to talk to. He really gave some great insight into what it is like making video games. And uh, before I go on with the interview, I just wanted to say that I want to thank Jeff Kaplan for doing the interview. He was so amazing. And just taking the time out of his busy work schedule to be able to talk to me that's something that's so amazing. I would have never thought that something like that would happen. And I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for listening to the podcast. I've got so many messages about people that are enjoying my podcast. And, you know, some people even message me saying they're playing it in front of their classes. Like, you know, fourth graders listening to this podcast. That's kind of weird to think about. My voice is in classrooms. Uh, that's kind of weird to think about but anyways yeah a bunch of people are messaging me saying i love it you know i'm showing it to my kids as well and that's something that i just love to hear that's the reason why i do this the reason i do it is because i want to help people and i just want to be educated i want you to be educated and that's the main reason why i want to do it and i don't really have anything else i just want to say thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast this is the interview with jeff kaplan Hi Jeff, uh, I guess I'll introduce myself first. So basically, I'm a high schooler and I started this podcast this year to talk to different people with different jobs to learn about what they do and I'm trying to educate other teenagers who might have certain jobs that they want to do. So I'm trying to like get it from the people themselves, get stories and perspectives from people themselves. And it's so awesome to be able to talk to you because you have such an interesting job and I think it's a job that a lot of people uh, strive to have. So that's why I reached out to you and I want to thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me and the, the podcast sounds really awesome. I wish when I was a teenager in high school somebody would have done something similar. I, w- I would have really enjoyed it. So I'm flattered and honored to take part in it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, uh, I guess I'll start off with the first question. Uh, what is your job title? My job title is game director, and I'm the game director for the Overwatch team. And I also have a corporate job title, which is uh, vice president here at Blizzard. Mm, and what is the job description? Wow, the job description uh, basically. A game director is the person who is responsible for the ultimate creative direction and vision of the game. Um, and th- there's sort of two people in charge of any game project here at Blizzard. There's a production director and a game director. The production director is responsible for the schedule, the project, the health of the team. 
and the game director is uh, ultimately responsible for the creative decision making on on the game. And that by no means means that the game director makes all of the creative decisions. It just means you're the responsible person for making sure that they get made. So you're kind of like the organizer and like the make sure that these things happen. The guy that makes things. I think the equivalent is if you think about like a, a movie and how many people are involved in a movie, the game director is the equivalent to a game as the movie director is to the movie. Mm. And while, like, obviously, I'm very lucky in that I get to creatively interact with the game a lot myself, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of other people involved in making um, creative decisions. Mm. And did you know that you wanted to be working in this kind of industry from an early age? No, I I had no idea. I actually really, really loved video games. I grew up with video games. I I grew up in the golden era of video games, which was, you know, the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm coin-op arcade days where, you know, we'd go and play Pac-Man and Centipede and, you know, all Mm -hmm. of those fantastic games uh, through the early consoles like Atari and television, the Mm -hmm. first Nintendo Entertainment System. And I didn't really have any awareness that making games was a profession that somebody like me could get into. Mm-hmm. I always assumed that games could only be made by programmers. And then eventually as games became more, um, like sort of more evolved, then I, I started to have an appreciation for the art and the music in games. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand that game design was a profession um, I thought it was literally programming art and music were the, the skills needed to make a game. So I never imagined that I could have a career in gaming. Mm. And how did you find out about this job? And like, what was your path to get to where you are today? Well, I sort of stumbled into it and I got really, really lucky. I, I was pursuing a degree in creative writing um, and... I was I really enjoyed writing. I wrote both fiction and poetry, and I played a lot of video games. And uh, around the time that I had completed my graduate degree in creative writing, I was trying to get my short stories published. And I had structured my life in, in a way where I had um, most of my time dedicated to, to writing, and I would submit uh, short stories to various literary magazines. And I would wait for the the magazines get back to me and usually they would be rejections. And after a while, I I got a little bit uh, depressed really that I was getting rejected so much. And I decided to take a break from writing after in one year I'd gotten 172 rejections. And, and I was really like kind of, you know, I felt really bad about myself and I'm like, well, I'm going to take a break. And around that time I was playing a game called EverQuest. And I poured all of the time that I was spending into writing into just playing EverQuest. And over time, d- during my days playing EverQuest, like, because it was a very social online game, my guild leader at the time started asking questions about um, some level design I had mentioned doing because games back then, like Duke Nukem and Half Life 1, shipped the games like they used to come on discs and on the disc they actually had the level editor for the games and i was building maps for duke nukem and for half-life one 
And my guild leader kept asking me all these questions about that. And around the same time, I was also writing the the website, which is today you would call it a blog, but it was the website that would uh, talk about what our guild was doing in EverQuest and also critique the game design of EverQuest. And at, at a certain point, my, my guild leader said to me, why don't you send me your Half-Life levels that you talk about, why don't you send them to me on a CD? Because back then we couldn't transfer data you know, you, you didn't send somebody um, files because no one's computer connection was fast enough for it. So he, I literally had to mail him a CD with my, my levels on it. And then he invited me. I lived in L.A. at the time, in Pasadena to be specific. And he, he said, why don't, I work at this place called Blizzard. Why don't you come down to Irvine and have lunch with us? Because we're only an hour away. And I was actually like, it's weird to say, but I didn't know what Blizzard was back then because I was a fan of either EverQuest, which I knew was made by Sony, or, um, you know, I was more of a Quake gamer. So I knew who all the people at id were. And so I was really nervous to come down. I didn't know, was this person lying to me? Is there really a place in Irvine called Blizzard? And so I went down and I had lunch um, and it turned out to be Rob Pardo who at the time was the lead designer on Warcraft 3. And um, Rob introduced me to Alan Adham, who was the founder of Blizzard, um, one of the founders of Blizzard, and uh, introduced me to a guy named Scott Mercer, who was a game designer on Warcraft 3. And we did this series of lunches where I thought we were just like friends who were in the same guild, just wanting to talk about EverQuest. But what I didn't realize is that they were working on a game called World of Warcraft at the time, and it wasn't announced yet, and they were about to announce it. So during the series of lunches, they announced World of Warcraft, and it kind of all came together like, oh, you guys are actually interviewing me. <laughs> this, this isn't just like casual friends having lunch. And then I remember one day in, in guild check, because eventually Rob handed over the guild to me. He put me in charge of the guild, and I became the guild leader um, because he was working on Warcraft 3 at the time and didn't have time to lead the guild. And he said to me in guild chat one night, make sure you check the jobs site tomorrow, the Blizzard uh, job site. There's going to be something up there. And uh, I went and I looked at the job site the next day. And it said, like, we're looking for a quest designer on World of Warcraft, and this person preferably has a degree in creative writing, and you know, it was, like, fit my background exactly. So um, that's my long uh -huh. story. Sorry, it's a long rambling answer, but how I got into the business. No, that was great. And so right after that, you started working as a quest designer for uh, WoW? Yeah, I was... I was um, I was hired, there were three designers on WoW before I got onto the team. There was Alan Adham, who was the lead designer. And then there were two designers beneath Alan who basically had the game split between them. There was a guy named Eric Dodds who went on to become the guy who created Hearthstone, actually. Um, amazing game designer. And then a guy by the name of Kevin Jordan. And Kevin was overseeing all of the, the classes. And then I was hired on to be one of the first quest designers, um, along with a guy named Pat Nagel. He and I started on the exact same day. And um, we basically, Pat and I, along with Eric and Alan, designed the quest system for World of Warcraft. And 
I sort of learned so much from that, that group of designers. It was really fun. We were a really small design team at first and um, just tackled you know, huge parts of World of Warcraft. And how did you get the position at, as a game director at Overwatch? Well, to get to the game director position, eventually, eventually when World of Warcraft um, became a live game, so, so World of Warcraft, when it was in beta, it's, it's sorry, a little bit of a, another long answer. When World of Warcraft was in beta, Alan Adham actually left the company and left us as lead designer. And Rob Pardo became the lead designer at that time, um, who was the lead designer on Warcraft 3. And Rob eventually promoted myself and Tom Chilton to be senior game designers on the WoW team. And very shortly after WoW shipped, in early, I think it was 2005, Rob left the WoW team to go and um, start StarCraft II because like, we had just finished up WarCraft III at the time. So Rob put Tom Chilton and I in charge of World of Warcraft. Um, then Tom and I became the lead designers on The Burning Crusade, which was the first expansion. And then uh, during the second expansion to World of Warcraft, which was called Wrath of the Lich King, I was made game director at that time. So that's when I got promoted to being a game director. And the first game that I was a game director on was actually Wrath of the Lich King. After that, I went to work on a project uh, for about five years that was unannounced and ended up getting canceled. Um, that project, I was lead designer at first for, I think, the first four years of it. And then in the final year, I got promoted to game director on that, on that project. And then after that project was canceled, um, we were given the opportunity to come up with a new game. And the new game that we came up with was Overwatch. So that's how I ended up as the game director on Overwatch. And definitely a really unconventional way of getting a job. It's not like something that, you know, you got a degree for, but still like you know you had to work your way up there it's not like it was given to you and you i'm sure that like you had to you know work really hard to get to where you are today so that it doesn't change that aspect of acquiring a job and uh i wanted to ask what's something that's unique about your job that isn't in others well i think the coolest part about my job is that no day is ever the same and I get to work with some of the most creative people in the world every single day. And like, just to give an example, like on, on a development team, the people I'm working with are um, either designers, um, audio people, and that can include people doing sound effects or people writing music, you know, brilliant composers, um, artists, and artists include people like animators, um, amazing 2D illustrators, you can do concept art, 3D modelers, environmental artists, like the, the lighting artists, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and then the most brilliant engineering staff ever, and engineers are the, the team that write all the code. And you know, engineers range from server programmers to tools programmers to, you know, our, the, the gentleman who wrote our physics engine is a PhD in physics. and. Um, gameplay engineers and everybody's experts in these different fields are really brilliant 
Um, some are engine programmers who just make the game look beautiful or run really fast on different machines. Um, and then we have a whole production staff. And, that's, and those are like the producers or project managers who make sure you know, the game is actually coming together. So like working with all those disciplines, that's just the game team. And then beyond that, I get to work with this whole other team at Blizzard. You know, people like Steven, who's sitting with me right now, who is responsible for all of public relations for Overwatch. Like the, the range and scope of the different people that I get to work with in every day is so unique and they're all so different and so creative. And I feel super lucky to work with all of them. And uh, what would you say is like your advice to a teenager that wants to pursue your job field? I think my advice um, to a teenager would be focus on what you love doing. Think about when, when you're home and you have free time to yourself, how do you spend that free time? And like, for example, if you spend all your free time making art because you just love making art so much and you're, you're you know, drawing characters from your favorite games or your favorite anime or whatever it might be, that really means that you have a calling in art and you should, should pursue art as a passion, which is very different than somebody sitting down and saying, I want to be an artist. And so my advice to teenagers is always don't focus on what you want to be because that's sort of just fantasizing about a role that you might not understand how that role actually spends its day and focus on what you love doing. What, what is your passion? What is the thing that you do most? If you're the type of person who downloads free tools off the internet to make games or likes to make spreadsheets or keeps a blog and writes a lot about game design and game design elements, that means that you are a designer more than wanting to be a designer. So if that makes sense, my advice to teenagers is really focus on what you love doing and you'll end up doing that as a profession rather than focus on the profession that you want to be and figuring out the steps to get there. And I have another question on kind of like the same lines. Um, I, I don't know if you can hear this way. I'm going to play like a recording. This is my friend asking a question. I don't know if you can hear it. Hey Jeff, my name is Benedict. I'm a huge fan of Overwatch and your work. My question for you is, what kind of advice would you give to aspiring video game designers just like yourself? Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. That was Benedict? Yeah. Oh, that's great. That great question, Benedict. Um, I have a lot of advice for aspiring game designers. One is play lots of games. And um, it, everybody likes getting that advice, I think. But you know, play as many games as you can get your hands on and think about it, there's two different ways to play games. One is to sample a lot of different games where you're playing a little bit of every single title that comes out. And the other way to play games is to go really deep on games. You know, do you have some games that you have hundreds of hours on, if not thousands of hours on? And when you approach those games, it's fine to approach them like a player and just go, did I have fun or not? But where, where the game design acumen sort of gets trained in you is when you start asking yourself, why am I having fun? What are the elements that are coming together in this game that are causing me to have fun? Could I be having more fun? Or am I not having fun because of X, Y, and Z? 
this is where you start to really analyze the game design and you you separate yourself from just being a player or a fan. The other thing that game designers are able to do is play a game that they don't enjoy or that they think is actually bad and learn lessons from that game. Go, you know what? This system or this content could have been great in this game had X, Y, or Z happened. It's being able to put the analytical filter over playing games and go, okay, I'm going to look at this one step deeper than just being a player. I'm going to now think about this and think about how this thing was created and the experience was crafted that I either had fun or didn't have fun. And why is that? Mm -hmm. Um, Another hard part for aspiring designers is being able to separate the type of player they are themselves personally from the millions of different types of players there are out there in the world. It's the difference between, you know, sort of creating something that only you can enjoy for yourself or a niche group of people that's very small can enjoy versus understanding how to create something that can appeal to many, many different people that aren't yourself. So I was just wondering, what is like your daily schedule kind of like from start of day to end of work day? It's, it's pretty interesting because it changes every single day. Um, like today, for example, um, my, my day started, the morning started with um, meeting. We, we had a, a team meeting where the whole team gets together to talk about like all the things that we're working on right now. We have a bunch of patches coming out, a bunch of dates. So we had a, a very quick team meeting first thing in the morning. Um, I, I like to get here much earlier than everybody else um, to start my day. Um, I get a lot of emails. I try to respond to those. Um, I have my personal things that I like to check in um, the game every single morning to see the progress happening. Then we had that team meeting. Then um, I met with our story and franchise development group, which is, you know, this is a group that makes the animated shorts um, and they do a lot of the, the story development. And we had a big story meeting that lasted um, almost the entire morning. It, it went long. We, we actually skipped lunch today because we were having such good story meetings this afternoon. Um, then I spent the afternoon with uh, game designers talking about different systems. Um, I spent some time with some producers this afternoon. Um, they had some concerns about our schedule and how uh, game design was going to interact with some systems that needed some attention um, in order to get done. So, you know, I'm also a manager, so I manage some of those people and they want me to, you know, go talk to them and make sure that things are going to be done on time. Um, so we did, we did a bunch of that. Um, then I carved some time for myself. I have a, a design project that I'm working on that's very far, far future. Like it involves looking at the calendar and um, planning out content super far in advance. Like I literally was planning content for 2021 and 2022. Wow. Um, so, um, that's kind of where my headspace is a lot of the time is, you know, very far down the line. Um, and I just spend a lot of time talking to different people on the team, um, about various projects that are going on. I also had to do an interview today with a candidate who wants to come work for us. 
um, mm. for a role that we have open. Um, so that was, you know, spending time from so- with somebody for an hour um, from another company who wants to come work here, um, which was really cool. And then sort of rounding out my day, like getting to talk to you, which is a very unique experience. Mm. And then when I go back to my desk, it's a bunch of more design work. So, and then tomorrow will be completely different. Um, so every, every day is really unique. It's um, really fun. There's a lot of context switching for a game director. Like I don't get to just focus on one thing in my day. Um, I don't want to just focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really trying to cover as much Overwatch as possible. And I liked how you said that uh, you know, you were thinking really ahead to like, you know, 2021 and 2022. So my next question would be like, uh, what kind of traits would, do you think like you need for, uh, like what traits would somebody need to do what you do? And I know one of them is like thinking ahead and knowing what comes next, but what are some other traits? Well, I think, um, there's like kind of two roles to speak about there. There's a game director which is sort of a creative leadership position. And then there's a game designer, which doesn't necessarily have to have the same leadership skills. Uh, Game director definitely needs leadership skills. And I think you need to be very forward thinking. Um, You also have to have a passion for all the disciplines involved with game development and um, a passion for how the studio works and how to get a game made at a big studio. Um, I think uh, leadership skills are first and foremost important to a game director, creativity, um, a passion for games. I think a game director has to be an expert at some form of game development, whether that's art, animation, music, game design. It doesn't have to be any of those in particular, but you should be an absolute expert at least one of those things. Um, I think um, you need a really deep understanding for your player community and a deep empathy for your player community, I think is very important, meaning you need to, you need to serve them and not feel like um, you are just making content for people and they're lucky to consume it. You need to really feel like a need to serve a community um, as a game director. For game designer... I think it's you have to be highly analytical. I think you have to, in your head, be able to play the game even when it doesn't exist and your game systems and content before they exist. You have to imagine there's a constant ripple effect of every decision you make as a game designer and you have to anticipate um, far out what are the decisions. You, you know, It might seem like an easy decision today to make this um, call on the game, but what is the ripple effects going to be of that? You know, once I fix this problem, am I creating five more problems? Um, I think um, game designers also need to be very creative. Uh, they need to be highly analytical. Um, they need to be technical. Uh, at the end of the day, we're creating software, and even though a lot of us are not programmers, you have to know both from a software and a hardware standpoint, you know, this is our medium. What what are we capable of creating in our medium? And when we go to programmers and artists, do we understand what we're actually asking for? Is it actually possible? Um, so I think being very uh, technical is also 
um, sort of a requirement for anybody in game design, no matter how creative you are, um, you need to be technical as well. And then just working very collaboratively as a good teammate and team member is also important. Um, definitely really important things uh, for your job. And now I guess we'll kind of like shift to like kind of lighthearted questions. So this one comes from Super Breakfast and he asks, what do you think of classical music and do you have a favorite composer? Well, I love, I actually, I know a lot of people say this, but I love all types of music. Like my, my, uh, my music depth is, is pretty strong. Um, you know, I love everything ranging from Willie Nelson to NWA to, you know, REM and Radiohead and I love classical music as well um, so um, I would say if I had to cite a couple favorite types of classical music I love Mozart um, I love Vivaldi in particular the Four Seasons I know it's a bit cliche to say that and then a particular favorite of mine is Tchaikovsky and the 1812 Overture I was in every iteration of like band and orchestra and marching band and jazz band in high school and junior high. And we would play the 1812 Overture every year. And I just love that song. It, it's, it's amazing and it tells a story. And um, so I don't know, that's some of my favorite classical music. And Sir Mall asks, who have you wrestled with lately? Oh my, I... <laughs> If you only knew some of the uh, the wrestling matches here at Blizzard, um, that's for these halls alone to know. And uh, yeah, the rumors are true. Let's just leave it at that. Um, Zvino asks, how important is the story to the game design for you personally? Well, I think the story is uh, of utmost importance. Like. Would a story, beyond just like wanting to tell a story and be a storyteller, I think um, story exists in video games to pro pro provide context for the players, for their action. Um, you know, at some point you could strip down the game to like be this, you know, um, reflex testing machine or reflex testing app if we stripped away all the art and all the graphics and all the story. And that's not what it's really about. Like games are supposed to be this immersive experience that transports us to another place that allows us to be something that we cannot be in real life or be something greater than we can be in real life. And I think the story really helps enhance that. So the, the story is of utmost importance to us. And there's two types of stories as well. There's the story that we are crafting here at Blizzard um, which is like the narrative of Overwatch and equally important to us is the story of the player that players are creating for themselves and that players are creating around Overwatch. So the story is, to me, central to what we do. And uh, I guess uh, last question from um, like the community. Um, Lewis asks, how much do you enjoy what you do for a living? I love it. I, I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't recognize and realize how lucky I am. And it's on so many levels. Um, I'm so lucky, you know, to have a job that's fun and creative 
and that you know I, I can't leave my job like I think about mm-hmm. overwatch I'll think about it all night on the drive home and then all night when I'm at home tonight whether I'm playing overwatch or not tonight I'll think mm-hmm. about it all weekend and you know I'm very lucky to care about the thing that I work on that much but I'm also lucky in the sense that I love the people I work with. I'm inspired by them every day. I, you know, no part of, um, I I would not be where I am today if it weren't for the brilliant men and women that I work with. And um, I learned so much from them and I'm so inspired from them. And then I'm also extremely lucky because of all of the player community that I've gotten to know over the years Mm -hmm. and gotten to interact with, like, the game is really a social experience and to somehow be a part of that, like, and to be a big part of this community and to get to interact with all these people and have all of these moments, whether it be at BlizzCon or on Reddit or on our forums or, you know, through developer updates or, you know, when YouTubers or streamers make content about us or our games or me, like to be a part of that is, extremely flattering and I, I feel very lucky so um, very long answer to a very simple question but I absolutely love my job and I feel so lucky to have it and that definitely shows in you know your I can tell from the passion of you talking about it and in the game itself so you know it shows how much you care and how passionate you are and kind of last question uh last question for me what does the future look like like what do you want to do or keep doing we have um we have i consider uh amazing plans for overwatch um it pains me to not be able to talk about them in detail um i the the good news is and steven's sitting here giggling right now but the good news is uh, um (laughs) It's not like the things that we're working on are going to be secret forever. Um, We have a plan. Uh, We're very excited to share that plan with the community. We just want to make sure that everything is just right first. But we're working on some really cool things. Um, Plus, there's some really cool short-term things going to come out very soon. Batiste comes out tomorrow. Everyone will get to play him. We'll start teasing some other cool stuff that's coming up um, in the next few weeks. You know, you're going to start to see teases coming out um, very, very soon. But, you know, on the on the little bit farther horizon, further horizon, we have some very big plans. And that's what I'm super Mm. excited uh, for the community to learn about. I'm excited, too. And um, well, I want to say thank uh, thank you to you because. Uh, I would have never thought I would have gotten an interview with Jeff Kaplan, but here we are today. And I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. It was so fun to talk to you, and I learned so much about the game and what you do. And I know a lot of other teenagers that are listening right now are inspired by you as well. That's awesome. Well, I wish all of you best of luck in your future. We are so excited about what you're all going to do including you, T. Linda. Thanks for doing this podcast. And we we can't wait to see the brilliant things that your generation comes up with. Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate it. And I know uh, all the other teenagers do as well. So thank you. 
and that was the interview with Jeff Kaplan. I had a lot of fun talking to him and I learned so much and I hope you learned a lot as well. Uh, definitely extremely smart but also really funny as well and just all around great guy. You know he really has a lot to do and is really busy but he took the time out of his day to talk to me and that's like crazy to me. So I just want to thank him again because that is awesome how he was able to talk to me. But other than that, I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. And if you could just follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And I'll see you all in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.